Welcome to the Dreaming Big Podcast, where we talk about how to move from feeling stuck and stagnant in your life to accessing your dreams and passions. This is the place to make space for those big and often uncomfortable emotions without judgment or conditions so you can figure out what you want to be doing instead. I'm your host, Allison Gomez, licensed marriage and family therapist in California. Now, before we get started, this podcast is not to be a replacement for therapy, nor is meant to be used for mental health, medical, or psychiatric treatment. If you are needing assistance, go to therapyden.com or inclusivetherapist.com to find a therapist in your area. Or if you would like to work with me, go to healingwithgroup.com. Hello. So today we are going to talk about why you should be curious with your emotions and the reason there is no such thing as bad emotions, which sounds like such a lie based on everything we've been told. You know, good emotions are feeling happy and bad emotions are pretty much everything that isn't happiness, like fear, sadness, anger, shame, embarrassment, disgust. So let's talk about this. Um, Well, I know that my experience is not a unique experience. Um, I grew up in an environment where we prioritize the sunnier feelings, you know, that warm sense of optimism all the time. And if you know me, I, I can be extremely optimistic. I mean, that is not a lie in any way, shape or form. However, I'm not always optimistic. I can be very realistic or very like just pessimistic. And that was something that really wasn't looked warmly upon. Um, And I, and again, I know that my experience isn't that unique. I know this is something that happens in a lot of households when you're growing up where there really isn't the space to be feeling anything that isn't just happy. So, you know, and there's not very, and and a lot of times it's not very specific. Like there aren't any direct messages saying that you're not allowed to be sad or you're not allowed to be angry or whatnot. A lot of times it's indirect. I mean, the times where it is direct, where like, what are you sad about? Oh, I'll give you a reason to be sad or you should be grateful if you're, and if you're feeling sad, you're, you're ungrateful. Or if you're angry, you're ungrateful for the things that you have. And a lot of the other messages that we receive this is like in the form of, I'm thinking like childhood, when, you know, when you talk about children, the ones, the children that are quote unquote good are the kids who tend to be on the happier side. They have the sunnier dispositions, they're warm, they're friendly, they follow directions and whatnot. And the bad kids are the ones that act out. They're the ones who aren't happy. They're the ones who get angry in class. They're the ones that cry. They're being dramatic or they're being overly sensitive. And, you know, those kind of behaviors, even if you're not the kid experiencing those heavy feelings or those intense feelings, you still get the message of, oh, if I behave like that, then that's what I am. I'm a, I'm a quote unquote bad kid. But we also like learn this message that these feelings, the, you know, the, the heavier feelings, the anger, the sadness, the, the fear are bad because of how our parents and not just parents, but like parents and caregivers and teachers react. Um, a lot of times 
when you're working with little ones, with little people, with little kiddos, um, your feelings, their feelings can trigger your own unhealed wounds. So if you grew up in a household where you weren't allowed to express your emotions, seeing another kid have those same feelings can really aggravate you. Like it just triggers you and it's really hard to cope. So when a kiddo dysregulates, you might be dysregulating. And it doesn't say anything about you as a person, whether or not you're like a good or bad person. It just means that you didn't learn the skills on how to cope with those really intense emotions. But either way, when when children see their caregivers, their teachers, the people that we're supposed to be modeling ourselves after, dysregulating to these bad emotions, quote unquote bad emotions, it still sends the message that this isn't safe, this isn't good, these things are bad. And, you know, and it goes obviously beyond childhood. And obviously outside like the household, outside of just school, I'm even thinking about with, you know, the 2020 election, um, where, you know, a lot of people were sharing their feelings of anger towards the fact that people wanted to vote for Trump. And a lot of times there was a lot of, there was pushback. And obviously this isn't specific just to 2020. This is very, like, this is very common in any anti-oppression work. They're like, oh, here are the angry people and we don't get to listen to them because they're too angry, but we're also not going to listen to them when they're peaceful. But that, but even that's kind of like the point, point in that if you're showing anger, it can be viewed as being hateful. And so if we consider it hateful and threatening, then we're just not going to even listen. So anger and feelings that aren't like joyful and positivity and hopefulness can easily turn into, if, if it's not one of those things, it can easily turn into something that's like, you're bad for feeling that way. Those feelings are bad. And I think what really kind of sucks most about it is that it can lead to a lot of self-judgment because when you're going to have the feelings in the first place, like there's no way around it. You're a human being. You're not a robot who's only programmed to feel joy. You know, you're going to have these feelings. And so when they come up, you're going to judge yourself. And it feels very like this moral thing. Um, and I feel like this is what happens when, you, especially if you care about someone, like if you care or love someone, it can feel very threatening to be angry or sad or disappointed with that person or towards that person. And so, as you know, I, I provide group therapy. And so I, when I look at this in a group therapy setting, you know, a lot of the healing doesn't come from these like positive moments. I mean, any. Well, maybe not anyone because that's a little ableist, but like a lot of people can at least do small talk to some extent, you know, to some extent. Some are way better at it than others. Um, we can fake kindness and happiness and joy, but it's the like the the confrontations and the those intense emotions that really kind of lead to healing. And so like with being curious with your emotions in the group setting, it can look like 
someone feeling guilty and shutting down because they feel like they're not allowed to be angry at a peer, especially if they care about that peer. Because it feels like a betrayal. It feels like, oh no, if I love this person or if I like this person or if I care about this person, then I'm not allowed to feel this way. And because I feel this way, then, you know, existential crisis. And if this happens in the group, then it's probably happening in other places in your life where you feel like kind of hostage to these quote unquote bad emotions. But again, what do we... What often doesn't get discussed about emotions is the fact that they're there for a reason. They tell us things. They let us know what's going on in the environment. They let us know what's going on even like our own bodies and our own internal experience. It's data. That's all it is. It's data. Anger is... Sorry. One of the emotions that we tend to avoid for very, not obvious reason, for very understandable reason is anger. Because anger can be seen as a really violent and unsafe emotion. A lot of times, most people, when they experience anger, it's someone getting angry and then reacting with that anger in a way that's harmful. Maybe it was physically, maybe it was emotionally, maybe that's when names were called or someone actually got hurt and ended up in the emergency room. Anger can be terrifying, 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 but what anger, like, but the, but what people don't really understand about anger is it's this motivation is motivating emotion that it's leading to change. It lets us know that there's something going on that we do not like. And the options with anger is, do I do something about it? Or do I just accept that I can't do anything about it? Because the other alternative is to hold it and do absolutely nothing with it and let it build up, which leads to rage. And that's where things can actually get really scary. Fear is another emotion that a lot of people try to hide, especially in this culture where we're supposed to be strong at all times, where fear is seen as a sign of weakness. You shouldn't be scared. You know, we even think, you know, I think about children when they have to go to the doctor and get shots. And that can be really scary. Look, I am, or I was incredibly phobic of needles. And then I got pregnant. And then apparently I didn't care so much. But... Prior to that, I was very, very terrified of needles. Like, I would hyperventilate when I would have to get blood drawn. I was almost sure that they were going to call the cops on me once because I couldn't breathe as I was getting my blood drawn, but turns out it was fine. I got it. It was whatever. I survived. But when you think of children and having to go, like, get a shot and they get scared, what's What's the thing that people like parents put a lot of focus on or p- caregivers put a lot of focus on focus on? Well, let's let's focus on how brave you are. And the way that you're brave is that you're not going to cry and you're not going to be scared. But emotion that fearful emotion is there to protect. It's not there to try to get in the way. It's letting you know that there's something that feels unsafe. Maybe there's this unknown. Maybe there's whatever. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's a fact. 
it just means that maybe we need some more information to kind of assess how safe this really is. Maybe it's just the fact that we don't know what's going to happen leads to fear and it is actually safe. Or maybe this is really a red flag of, ooh, I shouldn't do that. But it's not there because you're morally a weak person. It's there to keep you safe. We need you to feel scared. So if you don't have people around that are able to model these like behaviors for you, then it's going to be really hard to experience these emotions without feeling overwhelmed, which tends to lead to self-judgment and then shutting it down and a whole thing of just feeling really crappy. Like not only do you feel bad, but now you've just feel like complete shit. But I think that's part of why I really love groups is because this is going to happen in a group. And when it does happen in the group, it's a really good opportunity to practice what it's like to experience these emotions and react to these emotions in this safe space. So you don't have to keep doing like engaging in the same judgments that lead to the same type of spiraling that leads to you feeling like shit. Or even, you know, with like the more positive emotions, you know, quote unquote positive, like joy and happiness, you know, even that can be really overwhelming, especially if you're used to being in a state of anxiety or sadness or just stress. So when you're in that space of group, you can really learn how to sit in it. Now, I want to talk a little bit about why we shouldn't villainize these feelings. Because when we don't villainize them, things don't usually feel as intense. Now, I know a lot of people try to like do mindfulness activities and whatnot so they don't have to feel anxiety or fear or sadness or whatever. But it's more like, how do you just accept the feeling for what it is so you don't have to add feel to the flame? Because these feelings are a part of your life. They're they're there. And they're going to give you information whether or not you like it. So how do you use those feelings to the best of your ability to like honor what you're needing and wanting? Because this is really more about staying in alignment as best as you can. Sometimes we don't actually have that option, but a lot of, but sometimes we do. And when you're not, when you're able to truly be curious and like listen to your emotions from that curiosity and compassionate place, the feelings aren't going to be as intense. Because usually the reason that feelings become more intense is because of the judgment. The judgment's like adding salt to the wound. You're already hurting. You don't need to be adding more salt to the wound. It already hurts. So when this happens, like in our gr- in the group, this is the place where you have that opportunity to ask for help if you're feeling sad. It's the place to it's the place where you can talk about your frustration and anger with your peers without it having to look like maybe what it looked like growing up in your household. And there's somebody who can be there, aka me, who can help navigate that so no one actually gets hurt. So this can be a different experience. 
because, and not only that, we can talk about what's it actually like to have this new experience because just having a new experience isn't usually enough for us to continue. Usually if we have a new experience, it may feel good in the moment, but we're used to being comfortably uncomfortable. Like I know what to expect when I don't talk about this anger or these frustration or the sadness. It makes me feel like shit, but I know what to expect versus like, what I'm going to share with you. Then we can also process that whole experience of what's it like to actually ask for help? What was it like to air your grievances with somebody else and kind of work through that? So these changes can actually be more permanent than just like this one time thing. So as we wrap up, being curious with your emotions won't happen overnight. You will, you will benefit from not viewing your emotions like as the enemy, but rather as this is information that your body is trying to communicate with you because it needs you to do something. It has needs that needs to be fulfilled. So with that, I hope you're able to just be a little bit more compassionate with how you're feeling. Thank you and can't wait to see you next time. If you have enjoyed today's podcast and are ready to take the leap to embrace your emotions and trust yourself so you can start dreaming, go to healingwithgroup.com. Make sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode drops. You can also follow me on Instagram at Allison Gomez LMFT.